Hey guys, we're we'll getting to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best friends of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys can find the podcast on YouTube and anywhere else you can get your podcast. We're just so thankful um, that you guys are here and that you guys are with us today. Okay, <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited about this podcast for today. Um, this is going to be, it's almost like, have you ever seen um, like those movies that kind of have a prequel to it, whether like before or after? And you have to watch the prequel to understand what, what's going on. So what this podcast is going to be today, this podcast is going to be kind of like a prequel to a series that we're probably going to start, I'll probably say Monday, to be honest with you. We're going to start a series on on the book of Ruth. And so what's great about that is we're going to have to go to Judges a little bit. I'm going to have to look at context of chapter one, two, three. We're going to have to go into this. So there's probably going to be... Ooh, maybe three to four parts to that. So I'm really excited for that study and um, really excited to look at some things from that perspective in the in the book of Ruth. And so this podcast didn't intend to be a prequel, but it kind of turned into that. So be looking out for that from, for Monday. But this podcast today is going to connect to that one, right? So this is this is one's going to be important for that one. Okay, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay, so. For this podcast today, here's where we're going to go. Probably probably like a week ago now, if that, right? If that. Um, I had a conversation with a friend of mine, and it kind of turned into discussing a, this question here. And the question was this. How do I know if somebody cares about my cup? How do I know if somebody cares about my cup? Um, and so with that question, obviously it's, it's like with any question, it's very easy to give like a general answer, which is probably not wrong in that general answer that you give. But as we got off the phone, I was like, how do you know, right? How do I know if somebody cares about my cup? Now, before we go, keep going, we gotta, we gotta understand what cup is and what we mean by cup when we say that. So cup in scripture is personified as a couple things, but they kind of go together. Cup is personified as a person, you. Who cares about you when when you are going through something, when you're struggling, even just even just to check in, right? To to see how you are. Who who out here in this world cares about your cup, right? And so that's what we mean when we say who cares about your cup. And so with this question, this is, I think this is a root of this question. I think we kind of feel guilty for even having this conversation and having this question even come up because I think we have this mindset, which I believe as, and we'll look at this through scripture today. And as we kind of go through the series, I think we have an unhealthy view of what service is. And I think Jesus himself is going to prove that the view that we have is unhealthy for some reason. And, and let me, and I hope, let me know if y'all relate to this for some reason, we have a view as Christians that in order for me to be like Christ, Philippians chapter two, to be a servant, to be humble, to be submissive, to be, to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ for me to have that mindset in Philippians two, I have to, for everybody that I know and that I will ever meet in life, I have to be 
everything for them and I have to I have to work myself to the bone for everybody that's around me. And if I don't do that, not only will they think I'm not like Christ, but then I will put such a weight on myself and then I think I'm not like Christ. So then I'll overwork myself and even somebody presenting this question to me, well, what you know, how do I know if somebody cares about my cup, about what's going on with me? Then we'll tell that person, well, you're selfish for thinking that. You're prideful for thinking that. You think about yourself too much. You're thinking about you too much, and it looks like your faith is low, so you need to go back to Philippians chapter 2, and you need to just be worried about serving other people, and you need to stop having a prideful mindset and even thinking about other people serving you. So you see the pride even in that answer that we give people? But it's so interesting how Jesus himself didn't even live the way that we're living, which is so crazy. Jesus himself didn't even live the way that we're living and that we're telling people to live. Luke chapter 6, Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 11, Luke 21, and Luke 22. And there's more, but just those series of verses, it shows that, yes, Jesus was everything Paul said he was in Philippians chapter 2. But Jesus knew who cared about his cup. Jesus knew that at any point in time, I need to go away to my father and I need to pray because my cup needs to be refilled. And then two, Jesus had people around him that would fill his cup. Didn't he go into people's homes and eat with them and talk with them and encourage them? Did he teach? Absolutely he taught. But don't you think Jesus was comforted himself? Don't you think that the it says in the book of Luke that the women ministered to Jesus's ministry? They helped him. All these things, but for some reason for us, We've put such a heavy yoke on ourselves, and then we'll put the yoke on other people. Well, I mean, if you want to be a servant, you know, don't even ask that question because even asking that question, you're being selfish. Okay, I, I think we're living a little bit unhealthy. And I think Jesus himself proved that in the book of Luke that he didn't even live that way. And that's not even including Matthew, Mark, and John. So now, as we look at that, then now we're asking the question how do I know? If somebody cares about my cup, how do I really know that? How do I know if somebody cares about what's going on with you? And how do I know if somebody genuinely cares about what's going on with me? How do I know that? So we're going to look at this from from Ruth's perspective. It's going to be awesome. Again, like I said, this is why this is going to be a prequel to understand the series that's coming um, starting on Monday. So let's look at uh, Ruth chapter two and let's begin in verse three so we can understand where Ruth is at, right? Let's understand her cup. Verse three, so she went and she came and she gleaned in the field after the reapers and her hat was to light on a part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. Now you got to understand Ruth's situation. Ruth is a woman, which at that time, they viewed women as basically nothing, which is so sad. And that's why I think that's why the book of Luke starts with the women ministered and followed Jesus. That's interesting, but that's a, that's a whole other deal. That's a whole other deal. Okay, so I'm getting I'm getting too excited. Okay, so Ruth, so Ruth was a woman, and then not only that, Ruth was a widowed woman, so no husband, and then Ruth was a Moabite woman, a, a woman that was not of the children of Israel, and she's going back into a city full of God's people. How do you think having those qualifications? How do you think Ruth would have been accepted? 
And that's not even including Naomi, who was a woman who was widowed like Ruth was. But Naomi may have had it a little bit worse because Naomi left God's people, went to the people of Moab, and then came back. So how do you think these people are treating these two women? Absolutely terrible. Who's going to care about them? Who's going to care about their cup at this time? You think they're going to be flocked with love? They should be. But do you think they are? You see what I mean? So who's going to care? Who, who's going to care about what's going on with you? So is, is that a selfish question to ask? Is that prideful to ask? I don't think it is. So now let's look at this. Verse 4. So behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and Boaz said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And then they answered him, and they said, The Lord bless you. And so Boaz said unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. There it is. Verse 3. So they knew this. Verse verse uh, verse 7. So she said, I pray let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has committed or has continued from morning until now, and she tarried a little in the house. Then Boaz said unto Ruth, Hear not, not thou, my daughter, go to glean in an, go not to glean in another field, neither go far, but abide here fast by my maidens. Here's what I'm seeing for the first one of how do I know? So we built this up, the scripture built this up about what Ruth needed. How do I know if somebody genuinely cares about my cup? How do I know that? Right? How do I know? Number one, for them, for those that care about your cup, for them it's not about making a fair trade. For them it's about the heart. So think about Ruth's situation here. Ruth is obviously grabbing things from, from Boaz's field, which was legal, right? which was a part of the law. So what could Ruth offer Boaz at this time? Absolutely nothing. But what could Boaz offer Ruth? Everything. But for some reason, we've got it in our minds. Here's the equation. And if, if brethren, if, if family, if people that I help, if the person that I'm dating, the person that I'm married to, here's how I know that they care about me. I equate to what I, I've given them to see if they've cared for me. Here's what I mean by that. So when you give of your time, love, money, finances, whatever, whatever it is, when you give to people and they don't match that or if they don't top that, then what do we say about them? Well, I guess they just don't care. And we do that to everybody that we know. Right. We've all done it. I've done it. We do that to people that we know, people that we're dating, people, couples. We do that with other couples. We do that with brethren. If they don't match what I gave them or if, if they don't top what I gave them, then that means in my eyes they don't care. Because what do we say? If they did care, then they would do what I did for them. You hear the pride oozing out of that statement now? And before, to be honest, that used to sound normal, which is crazy to me. That used to sound normal, didn't it? But how prideful is that, right? How prideful it is to say that. So what could Ruth offer Boaz right now? Nothing. But what could Boaz offer Ruth? 
everything. But is Boaz holding this over Ruth's head? He's not. Well, how do we know that? I want you to see this. Go to John chapter 15 real quick. So Boaz, and we'll go back to Ruth 2 in a second. Boaz is going to do what Jesus did for us later. John chapter 15, starting in verse 13. I want you to see this. This is, this is incredible. All right, so verse 13. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. But then watch verse 15. Henceforth, I call you not what? Servants. Isn't it interesting that when the reapers were there and Ruth was there, did Boaz call them servants? No, he didn't. How did he address them in verse 4? As they're picking for themselves and for their families, I just want the Lord to be with you. Why are you doing this? I just want God to be with you. And then what did they say back to him? The Lord be with you. So did each party have an expectation of the other? Nope. But see, that's the bogus part about what we'll do for people. We won't say it out loud. We may not even think it. But sometimes we, in order to give, we have silent expectations for each other. And then when you don't fill my expectation, then we've, we've come to the conclusion that you don't care about what's going on with me. See, that's wrong. And that's it's so easy to do, isn't it? So then watch verse 15. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knows not what the Lord does, what his Lord does. But I, talk about Jesus, I have called you my friends. For all things that I heard of the Father, I have made known to you. So now it's so great that Boaz here in verse 4 even though Ruth and the reapers, they can't do anything for him. The greeting that he gives them in verse four, the Lord be with you. That's what you tell a friend. And Boaz said, you guys are welcome. All of you are welcome here. And that's the great thing. How do I know if somebody cares about my cup from verses like four to four to seven, four to eight? You know that somebody cares about your cup when for them it's not about a fair trade. It's about the heart. It's about the heart, which is just incredible, okay? So that's the first thing I'm seeing, right? And now it's, now it's getting more real. This is awesome. I'm sweating right now because I'm so excited, and it's not helping that I have a flannel on. But it's okay. We're going to power through. We're going to power through this. Okay, so number one, how do I know if somebody cares about my cup, about what's going on with you? For them, it's not about a fair trade. It's not about what you can give them. It's not about you matching what they gave you. It's not about them topping what they did for you. It's about the heart. It's just about service. That's it. Then number two, as we look at this, um, how do I know if somebody cares about my cup? Overflow is not an obligation for them. Overflow is not an obligation for them. Now it's about to get real with Boaz. Let's keep going. Um, verse 9. Let your eyes be on the field that they reap and go after them. Have I not charged that the young man that they will leave you alone? And when you're thirsty, you'll go to the vessels and then you'll drink of that which the young men have drawn. So not only can you reap in the field, but Boaz in verse eight and nine, Boaz says, no, I want you to stay here. You can stay in my field with your maidens that you will be protected. Nobody's going to hurt you. 
and when you're thirsty, let the young men know, and then they'll give you something to drink. All these things. So what Boaz is doing, Boaz is just overflowing all these great things on Ruth. Now, I want you to notice this right quick. This is going to be so good for application. Up to this point in Ruth's life, what is Ruth used to? She's used to chaos. I'm a woman that's chaotic living in this culture. I'm a widowed woman that's chaotic. And not only am I a woman and a widowed woman, I'm a woman that's leaving my town, my people, and I'm going to Naomi's people who hate me. Ruth is used to chaos. Now, I don't want you to miss this, guys. Sometimes in your life, you're used to chaos. You're used to not knowing what it's like to truly be cared for. You're used to somebody not really doing things with the right motive. You're used to people using you. You're used to people not doing things with the right intention. You're used to that. And guess what? You're so used to it that to you, it's normal. And if somebody treats you different, then they're weird. So now here's the thing, and I don't want you to miss this. Sometimes if you're used to chaos, then you don't know how to accept the overflow. And sometimes in your life, you may have missed the overflow of really good people, really good guys in your life that's come, really good girls in your life that has come, great families, great people. You've missed it because you're not used to overflow. And so look at what Boaz is doing. Boaz is doing all these great things, all these great things for Ruth. And Ruth is used to all this chaos. And guess what Ruth could have done? Ruth could have taken all that overflow and could have ran. But what Ruth did, Ruth received it, which that is huge. That's huge. Ruth received it and Boaz gave. So overflow was not an obligation. And so here's the thing. Sometimes when you're treated so well and you're not used to being treated well, then you'll, man, what's, what's his motive? Why is he doing this? What, what's he trying to get out of this? What's she trying to get out of this? Why are they just being, why are they doing all this stuff? So you're, because you're used to chaos, now you're wondering, why are they doing these nice things? Why are they doing that? I don't get it. Sometimes there's people in this world that have no motive and they do things, no strings attached, like Boaz did. And here's the thing. Here's our application for this point. Think about Jesus, right? What Boaz was for Ruth and what, what Jesus is for us. When you think about Jesus, everything that he gave, John 3, 16, Philippians chapter 2, Jesus gave everything. He gave his life for us because of his love for us, John 3, 16. And all those things, the overflow of love that Jesus has for us, but then we'll look at Jesus sometimes and we'll say, there's no way I can accept that. There's no way somebody loves me like that. There's no way somebody wants me like that. There's no way someone desires me like that. There's no way someone seeks after me like that. And sometimes in your lives, guys, and please, please, please don't miss this. You're going to meet a person and you're going to meet families and you're going to meet a congregation and you're going to meet people in your life that you're not used to. You're going to meet a person, people that they're going to genuinely love you. You're going to meet them that they're going to genuinely seek after you. 
they're going to genuinely desire you. They're going to genuinely want to be there for you with no motive. But because for some reason you're not used to that, you'll shun that. And then you ask the question, well, who really cares about me? Well, guess what? You missed it. Don't don't miss it when it's here. Okay. Do not miss that when it's here. And so Ruth accepted the overflow. Overflow is not an obligation for them. So how do how do we know that that Boaz cared for the cup of Ruth? Because for Boaz, he would have done this for anybody. He would have done this for anybody. So for him, this is not an obligation. This is what I do. And guess what? The reapers in verse four, they understood the the character of Boaz. And so it's all it's all about character. It's a beautiful thing. So overflow is not an obligation to them. So now let's look at let's look at the last one here as we look at verses 10, 11, and 12. So then after after all this happens, notice what Ruth does, verse 10. She fell on her face and she bowed herself to the ground. And what's the question that Ruth told Boaz? Why? Why have I found grace in your eyes? That you, oh, this, <laughs> this is crazy. Why should I find grace in your eyes that you should take knowledge of me seeing that I'm a stranger to you? Why would you do that? Here's the third thing I'm seeing. How do I know if somebody cares about my cup? They will consider what it's like to live your life. They will consider what it's like to live your life. How do we know that? So remember Boaz's servant, when Boaz said, who is this, right? Verse five, whose damsel is this? And then the servant over the reapers, the servant said, this is, this is Ruth. She came back with Naomi out of Moab. He filed that, which that's a whole other lesson for another day. But he, he filed that and notice what he said in verse 11. And Boaz answered and said to her, it has fully been shown to me all that you have done to your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you've left your father and you left your mother and you left the land of your nativity and you're come to a people that you don't even know. The Lord rewards your work and a full reward will be given to you from God of Israel under whom's whose wings you're come to trust. This is so good. Oh, this is so good. So he considered her ladies side note, right? Side note. This is a great lesson for guys too. That I mean, someone to consider you fellas too, but ladies, someone who considers you and considers what you've gone through. That's a different dude right there. And those guys aren't everywhere. So I want you to uh, please don't miss this. So Boaz filed this of what she said or what the servant said in verse six. But I want you to look how general the servant did. So it was very general what the servant told him. Let's read verse six again. The servant said, uh, the, the servant that was said over the reapers answered, this is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. Up to that point, guess what? That's all Boaz knew. So what changed from verse 6 to verse 11? He found out more information about her. 
ladies don't miss that either. <laughs> that's, that's a different level. That's a different level of guy out there. And so notice how specific he gets in verse 11. So all he knew in 6 was that you're a Moabitish woman and you're back with Naomi. But then look how detailed Boaz got when Boaz talked to her. He said, I know that this is your mother-in-law. And I also know about the death of your husband. Guess what? That's consideration there. And I know that you left your father. And I know that you left your mother. And I know you left your people. And I know that you're here. How do I know if somebody cares about my cup? They consider you and they try their best to understand you. Here's the, here's the fault that we do sometimes. When, it, when it's hard for somebody to understand you, then you, we get mad at them very quickly. Man, you don't get it. You don't understand. I'm trying. I'm trying to understand. Help me to understand. Help me to be there. Help me to understand what you're going through. But sometimes we shun people away that try their best to understand you so that they can help you more because the person that wants to be understood, we get so mad. Man, you should, you should know this. How come you don't? So we get so mad and then we'll shun them away. But sometimes we throw away people that truly just wanted to get it and truly wanted to understand where you were coming from. And so Boaz here said, look, I understand. And I, I've, I've listened and I'm doing my best to understand you, Ruth. That's a different level, ladies. That's a different level of dude. That's a different level. When someone genuinely tries to understand, and he might not get it on the first try. He might not get it on the second try. He might not, but he's trying. Who out there has been trying for you lately? <laughs> okay, so if someone out there is genuinely with the right heart trying, and the same thing for the guys, if someone's genuinely trying, why are we, why are we getting mad and shunning people? Because we're used to chaos, and that's really what we want deep down. We're used to it, so that's what we want. But then notice what he says. This is a, this is a whole nother level of guy, too, verse 12. Boaz found out all this information, verse 11, and Boaz could have, again, just, I'm just got to be honest with you because so, you guys can understand. Boaz could have used verse 11 to... Uh, <laughs> Boaz could have used verse 11 to do all that side work to spit game at Ruth. Oh, well, look, I found out all this information. So now since I found out all this information about you, then you should swoon into my arms like the Hallmark movie I just watched. Right? So that, that should happen, right? Boaz here, Boaz didn't even make this about himself. Boaz found the information out about Ruth. And after he found that information out about her, notice the man that Boaz referred Ruth to. Verse 12. It's not me that's going to recompense your work. It's not me that's going to take care of you right now. Right now, Ruth, I want to introduce you to God. The Lord is going to take care of you, Ruth. The Lord is going to reward you, Ruth. The Lord is going to be is going to put you under his under his wings, Ruth. The Lord's going to do that for you. Isn't that a, isn't that ridiculously beautiful? Boaz could have used what he did in verse 11 to be like, "All right, girl, I did all this for you. I know all this information about you. I did all this background work on you. So now, you know, we should get together. 
No, he said, I found this out because I want you to know God. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Like that's a that's another level. And guys, just to give you some information and some tips here, when we're doing this, we always want to point whoever she is, we always want to point her not to Jordan, not to you, not to your strength, not to your knowledge, not to who you are, not to your last name, not to your money, not what you can give her. You always want to point this woman and you always want to point this girl to Jesus first. Uh, it's not me that's taking care of you. It's God. The Lord's going to protect you. The Lord's going to put you under his wing. The Lord's going to reward you. And little do they know that God is going to reward you through Boaz. But he wasn't coming into it with the mindset of, well, I'm doing all these things, so maybe you can see I'm a good Christian guy, and then you can finally put the pieces together so that we can be together. You see, that's the wrong motive. So at that point then, does would Boaz would have truly cared about Ruth's cup if that's his motivation? No. Your motivation, whether you're a guy, whether you're a girl, your motivation should be, what do I need to do to help put you under the Lord's wings? What do I got to do to help you to know God better? And maybe in the process of me and you getting to know God better, maybe an awesome love story is going to come out of that. But our first priority is you help me get under the wings of God, and I promise you I'm going to help you. Then maybe we'll fall in love. You see what I'm saying? That's different. That's a different level. So how do I know if somebody cares about my cup? They will consider what it's like to live your life. Boaz considered her, and it wasn't just the guy. It was not, that's a whole other, that's another, that's another wormhole. It wasn't just the guy considering what it's like. Ladies, that's another level for you too, to consider what it's like to be him to consider the work that he's putting in, to consider the sacrifice that he's making, to consider how hard it might be, to consider. It's a different thing. You consider him too. We, we want to sit down and, well, what are you going to do for me? How, how are you going to change my life? How are you going to add to my life? Then we sit there like those women in, in the book of Genesis when uh, Isaac's servant went to go find him a wife and the women, the daughters of men, they were standing around the well waiting for guys to notice them. And Rebecca was the only one that came out just doing her job and serving. Sometimes we'll sit, well, what are these guys going to do for me? How is he going to change my life? Is he going to text first? Is he going to, what are you doing? Are you considering him? That's a whole nother, that's another wormhole, but I wanted to mention it. I just didn't want to give one side, right? But again, this is the importance of this Ruth series. We're going to hit all these as we go on this series and on this journey through Ruth. But as we kind of close this thought, it's just an incredible, it's, a, it's an incredible thing to know that someone out here in this world, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, not saying that it can't be, right, um, something, you know, in terms of who you're going to be with later. I'm not saying that that's not true, but it's so cool to know that there's, there's people out here in this world that genuinely care about your cup. And when you see those people, and when you come around those people, and when you're around those people, don't miss those people. Because I've missed them. You've missed them. 
it's so easy to miss them, isn't it? But we have to look at things from the perspective of not only how Boaz looked at Ruth at this time, but to be honest, and we'll, we'll get into this more, but how Ruth looked at him. Different level. <laughs> Different level of stuff. And real quick, let's just end with verse 13, but we're going to explain this later as we go through the series. And let's close it with this. She said, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me that you have spoken friendly to your handmaid, even though I'm not like unto one of your handmaids. You know, a lot of times we think that in our pride that we're the person, I'm the guy, right? I'm the girl. I'm the guy that's going to give this girl comfort. I'm the guy that's going to do this for her. I'm the guy. I'm the dude, right? I'm the guy that's going to do this. When rather, why was Ruth comforted? Remember, what land did she come out of? She came out of Moab, and she knew nothing about God. But now she met a man who follows after Jehovah, and she says, I'm comforted because I want to know this person that you follow. That's where true comfort's going to come. And just really quick, last thing for the guys here before we end. When you point whoever it is, your wife, your daughters, you're the person that you're interested in, uh, the the ladies at the congregation, your parent, your mom, who whoever it is. The way that you comfort her is not through your strength and not through who you are, and it's not through how competitive you are, and it's not through your your strength. It's not through any of that stuff. How you really comfort her and for her to see that this man is friendly and this man is comforted, is when you point her to God. And then God will take care of the rest. But that takes some trust. That's a different level. That's a, that's a different level. And we all got work to do, right? Myself included. Don't we all have work to do? It's awesome. It's great. Okay. So that's the prequel, right? The movie ended. That's, that's the prequel to the Ruth series. So I hope that has piqued your interest. I mean, that's not even intro stuff. But that I hope that has piqued your interest to get ready for this Ruth series that's coming, okay? So how do I know if somebody cares about my cup? These are the things that they'll do. And, I mean, the motive behind it is genuine. All this stuff is genuine. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. So I really hope that that can encourage you and help you. If if you need your cup refilled, please reach out. Like I said, you won't be the first, right? Reach out, send a message, send a DM. If you've been encouraged, let me know, right? Share this podcast. Get people ready for this series that's coming. So, um, Lord willing, we'll be back on Monday, hopefully starting probably just intro stuff with this on, on Monday, and we'll get right into this journey uh, with Ruth. So I'm really excited. Love you guys. Um, thank you guys, and we'll see you guys on Monday. Thanks, guys.